Welcome. Welcome in to Sports Talk Chicago. All gas, no brakes. If you're looking for the same old sports talk, get out! You've come to the wrong place. Hey, we ain't come this far just to come this far, you hear me? I tell you what I see, I tell you the truth. We going hard today. We're fearless, bold, and highly opinionated. This here show. This show is so hot right now. The biggest guests, the hottest takes, and the best interviews live right here. Do you actually remind me of Dan Patrick? Because you ask great questions, you have the knack, you have the gift. On Sports Talk Chicago. Yo, Chicago. Here's your host. The guy's an absolute stud. John Zagul. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Sports on Chicago. We are live from beautiful new studios in Oak Brook, Illinois. And boy, do we have a lot to get to today. The Bears have reaffirmed their commitment to Justin Fields. They will be trading the number one overall pick, according to Albert Breer. We're going to break it all down, tell you what it means. Tyler Huntley has been named to the Pro Bowl. You heard that right. Two touchdowns, three picks on the season. So my question is this. Why wasn't Justin Fields named to the Pro Bowl? Why was he not an alternate for the NFC? We're going to explain how horrible the Pro Bowl is and why it must be eliminated by the NFL or why at least the classifications and the categorizations for the Pro Bowl should definitely change. We also have some Chicago Bulls news. They blew a 19-point lead last night, and they are currently 11th in the NBA standings. That's despite the fact that just two years ago, executed a rebuild. Should they blow it up again? We'll discuss. Plus, of course, some big NFL news. Tom Brady retires. Sean Payton gets hired by the Denver Broncos. What's all this mean for the Bears and the rest of football as a whole? We will break that down near the latter part of this program. Remember, you can follow us um, Twitter at John Z Sports, Facebook John Zaglul, Instagram at John Z Sports. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. We're live on all those three places at Sports Talk Chicago. John Meadows with me today, as always, directing and producing, running everything behind the scenes. Big thank you to him. And, of course, our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Hit them up today for the best Amish food in all of Chicago land. Fresh Imports Weekly. You know, I heard that eggs are costing a lot of money so far. They have a dozen eggs from the Amish on sale $5.99 each. you got to hit them up today in Orland Park. Great prices and fresh food straight from the Amish of northern Indiana. So make sure to check them out today wherever you are across Chicagoland. Well, I want to start today with this. The Bears are doing exactly what we thought they would do, and I'm okay with it. Now, last week, a lot of people gave me some crap saying, well, John, you want to trade Justin Fields. You don't like Justin Fields. You don't believe in Justin Fields. Never said that, by the way, but I can see why some people have that opinion. I'm intrigued by risk. I'm intrigued by what could happen rather than the same thing sometimes, and that's on me. Would it be nice for the Bears to invest in Bryce Young and five years from now, turn out to have a great quarterback who could be potentially even better than Justin Fields? Yeah, of course. But at the end of the day, to the Bears' credit, and I'll give them credit on this, they made the responsible decision. They made the right decision. They made the decision that now, at least, has defined their future for the next 10 to 15 years, at least. And I'm okay with it. I have no issue with it, nor am I mad or discontented because they made this choice. I'm okay with this for the Bears. And there are a number of reasons why. Number one, we know who Justin Fields is. 
Two years in the NFL, we've seen what we've seen. There's certainly a lot he could improve upon, but his experience playing NFL football, he knows what he's doing. He's worked in an NFL system. He's found ways to get it done. I got no problem with that. He is going to be better week one of 2023 than Bryce Young. Not kidding. Bryce Young has no NFL experience whatsoever. Going to have issues not fully there. Needs to learn how to play in the NFL. Justin Fields knows how to. Justin Fields has done it for two years, and he's improved in those two years and now is in contention for a big 2023. Smart move, skill set-wise. But I think the real big lesson here, and the big takeaway, is this. Smart move for Ryan Poles. See, Ryan Poles doesn't lose in this situation by holding on to Justin Fields. Let me explain why. If Justin Fields turns out to be a total flop, if he becomes a bust years three through five in the NFL, the Bears decide to move on from him and don't offer him a fifth-year option, a fifth-year extension. Guess what? Not Ryan Poles' guy. Ryan Poles could say, not my guy, didn't draft him. I'm washing my hands of this matter. I'm going to go and get my quarterback that I want. And then you can all judge me based on my pick and my evaluation of talent. On the other hand, if Justin Fields works out, Ryan Poles looks like a genius. Ryan Poles made the decision to stick with Justin Fields when others told him potentially to trade him and draft a QB with that number one pick. So you see, everybody wins here. Everybody wins. Ryan Poles really wins. That's the bigger reason, in my opinion, why the Bears have made this decision. Skill set-wise, it makes sense. NFL talent readiness, it makes sense. But remember who's calling the shots. It's Ryan Poles. He's the GM. He decides what to do with this 120-plus million in cap space. He decides what to do with this number one overall pick. He decides what to do with Justin Fields. And look, if I were in his situation and I knew I'd win either way, I'd take that route. I'm worried about job security. I'm worried about staying in this position for a long time. Why would Ryan Poles put his career on the line to trade Justin Fields, draft a brand-new quarterback, and hope that he pans out? Would that make any sense to anybody? Would that make sense to him personally and to this Bears team? Not necessarily. For him personally, definitely not. Why pass up on a quarterback who has shown he has NFL-level talents to bring in somebody new who might be better, but we don't know? It's a big risk. It's a home run swing, and it could end up being a strikeout for Ryan Poles. Ryan Poles wins no matter what happens to Justin Fields. That's the biggest takeaway of this situation and this decision. If Fields hits it big, Ryan Poles looks like a genius for holding on to him. And if Fields hits the crapper in year five, Ryan Poles could say, well, not my guy, not my quarterback. I'm drafting somebody I want. Don't hold me accountable for what Ryan Pace did. See that? So no matter what happens, Ryan Poles wins. And really, no matter what happens, the Bears win too. I mean, it would suck if five years from now, Bryce Young's going to be a way better quarterback than Justin Fields. I mean, we'd feel it. I would know. Same idea with Mitch Trubisky being worse than Pat Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. We feel that today. We still do as Bears fans. We know that the Bears screwed up and made a mistake. So it would suck. But do you blame Brian Poles? Do you even blame the Bears in this situation right now? 
Justin Fields is QB ready. And I'll tell you what, right now, today, Justin Fields is the better quarterback than Bryce Young. And I'm high on Bryce Young. I think he's going to be a great NFL QB. Yet, today, right now as we speak, Justin Fields is a better QB than Bryce Young. Actually, leaps and bounds better. Why? Two years of NFL experience. And really, a track record now of some success in the NFL this past year. Seventh in the league in rushing yards. Second amongst quarterbacks ever at the position. Those are real numbers. That's something real that we can look at and say, he has success. He's done it at the highest level. He's only going to get better. And he really is. What did Justin Fields work with this past year? He worked with Simba Webster. He worked with EQ St. Brown. Bellish Jones fumbling everything. No weapons, nothing around him. Still put up respectable numbers as a quarterback. 85-plus passer rating, not bad. Could be better, but not horrible. Turned his season around mid-year, made adjustments with Luke Gansey to become a force on the field after the first couple of games that were major disappointments. He really turned his act around. And that's encouraging to see, and I like that. So I think it's worth the Bears holding on to him, and it makes sense for the Bears to hold on to him. Although it would be exciting to see a new young quarterback, and believe you me, I mean, I'm in this business for entertainment, right? We're in this business to get interaction. If the Bears actually traded Justin Fields and drafted somebody, we would have a field day. Everybody would. So many of you would comment, ratings would be through the roof. So, I mean, I'd be happy about that. I'd love to see the reaction and the debate that comes from it. But on a real standpoint, it only makes sense for the Bears to hold on to Fields. And I think they're making the right decision. Albert Breer reported it. Albert Breer, very reliable source, MMQB, Sports Illustrated, NBC Sports Boston. He's in the know, knows what he's talking about. I believe it. And I think the Bears, in years to come, will say they made the right decision, no matter what happens. Now, Bears fans and myself will hold the team accountable, especially if Bryce Young is better, but we don't know what's going to happen. That's like everybody saying the Bears should have drafted Patrick Mahomes instead of Mitch Trubisky. Not any of you knew what was going to happen with Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. And if you say you did, you're lying. Even if you watched him in college, there's no way you would have expected number one passer rating in NFL history, Super Bowl championships, passing touchdowns, most number yards per game in NFL history. None of you would have predicted that. I don't care what you say. You could be the best scout in the world. You never would have predicted that from Patrick Mahomes. So you can't sit here and tell me, well, the Bears screwed up. Of course they did. But nobody knew at that time. So in this case, it's going to be the same narrative. If Bryce Young is better than Justin Fields, we really can't sit back and say, well, we knew. We didn't know. Nobody knew. That's why I think Ryan Poles is going to be okay. I think Ryan Poles is making the right choice, and I think no matter what happens, truly, he's going to be safe, like I said. And at the end of the day, that's what it's really all about, right? Job security. Ryan Poles is not going to risk his young, up-and-coming executive career to trade away Justin Fields, bring in a new QB, have him learn and hope that he's better than Fields in a matter of a couple of years. Come on. He's not that dumb. Although it'd be intriguing and it'd be a fun storyline, it's not going to happen. And it makes sense on his part. And it makes sense for the fact that Justin Fields has more NFL experience.
by the way, Justin Fields has proven that he could do it at the highest level. Bryce Young hasn't. Bryce Young could, but we don't know. I like Bryce Young. I'm very high on him, but he could be a total bust. And what about this, too? Justin Fields, third straight year, new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Senior year at Ohio State, first year at the Bears, now second year at the Bears. Next year, there will be continuity. Next year, there will be weapons. Next year, he will be healthy. Who knows what could happen at that point, right? For the guy who has NFL experience versus somebody like Bryce Young who has nothing and will have to learn a new offense, learn a new system. Look at what San Francisco's going through with Trey Lance. Injuries aside, Trey Lance did not start off the year strong, and he still is trying to develop and learn. That's a problem for them. And now they just said today, Jimmy Garoppolo's not coming back. I mean, what are they going to do at quarterback? Brock Purdy needs UCL surgery, like a pitcher for Tommy John. See what I mean? They're in such a deep predicament because they trusted a young QB when they had a veteran who was good. The Bears should not make that mistake. Justin Fields is still young, under team control, and could significantly improve next year. I'm okay with them keeping him and winning out. And again, it makes more chance for Ryan Poles compared to anything. Ryan Poles is in this for Ryan Poles. He's in this for his career. He's in this for the Bears, too. But more so his career. And that's a good thing. I'd rather him be smart and save his own ass and in turn save the Bears' ass than sit there and make a big move that really isn't necessary. So I think he's being responsible. I think it's making sense, and I'm okay with the Bears holding on to Justin Fields here. And I'm happy to see this report, to be honest with you. It's great to see it come out. It's great to know what the Bears plan on doing. Now, it could be a total fake, but I highly doubt it. I think this is what's going to happen, what the Bears should do with that pick. Swap with the Colts, swap with the Texans, swap with somebody who's QB needy, and you better get a haul out of this, Ryan Poles. Be a great negotiator. Get two first-round, three first-round picks out of this. You can if a team is desperate enough to draft a quarterback at number one. There are some teams who are so quarterback needy, Carolina another. So here's your situation. Here's your opportunity to make a difference and make a change. So if I were Ryan Poles at this point, I'd be looking out of the draft and looking as to how the Bears could get a hole back in picks and stick with Justin Fields and see what he does next year. Get to some of your comments right here. Bryce Young is too short. Now, that's what I want to hear on being committed to Justin Fields. Get Fields an O-line with real wide receivers, Yes. If the Bears actually commit to Fields, I believe they make at least a wild card next year. Great point, just desirable. We talked about this last week, and we're going to talk about it as the season gets closer and closer. This Bears team's going to have a quarterback in year three who knows the offense and knows the system. So much cap room that it's not even funny. Generational cap room and top picks. There's no reason why this Bears team should not be in the wild card next season. They should be 10-7 and seven next year. If Justin Fields stays as electric and actually improves his passing game, they should be 10-7. and seven. Trade for T. Higgins. I know T. Higgins is on the table at this point. Maybe that's an option. Mike Evans on the table. Other free agent wide receivers DeAndre Hopkins could be traded for. There are guys out there, big guys out there, big names that the Bears could trade for and make a significant difference. MVP, Eagles got Hurts, A.J. Brown, Bills got Allen, and Diggs made them better QBs instantly. What if the Bears could bring in a number one and a number two? Keep Darnell as your number two, you bring in a number one, a significant number one, that'd be nice. And I think it'd be great for the Bears to do. That's what's going to make the difference for Justin Fields, and that's what's going to help him improve and get to that next step. 
But I will say this. I think he's already there in the sense of the Pro Bowl. I think this past season, Justin Fields put up enough numbers to be Pro Bowl worthy. Now, you might say, John, what the hell are you talking about? He barely played, got hurt, not enough passing yards. Well, if you follow the Pro Bowl closely enough, Tyler Huntley made the Pro Bowl this past week as an alternate QB for the AFC. Started four games. Two touchdowns, three picks, made the Pro Bowl. And really, I mean, this begs the question already, why the hell is the Pro Bowl still even existing? Why is this still happening? Why is the NFL subjecting us to this lame-ass football in which apparently anybody makes the All-Star game, right? Everybody gets in, just like the Hall of Fame. We talked about this last week. Now everybody gets in. Same with the NFL and the Pro Bowl. You know, back in the day, even when I was a kid, the Pro Bowl meant something. Everybody went to Hawaii. They actually hit and tackled. Now there's not even a game this year. Not even a game for the Pro Bowl this year. There's nothing. (laughs) They're doing a skills competition. How much of a joke is that? Skills competition. They're not doing anything of significance. And on top of it, Tyler Huntley is worthy enough to make it. Tyler Huntley. Two touchdowns, three picks, and yet Justin Fields not even in consideration, not even on the table to make it in. Well, at that point, if Huntley's good enough to make it, why the hell is Justin Fields not in? And see the problem with the Pro Bowl. And by the way, and I saw a NFL Hall of Fame voter put this out on Twitter yesterday, great point. You know, the Pro Bowl and the selections count towards your Hall of Fame case. So if you make or don't make the Pro Bowl, it will be counted against you when they sit there in Canton and weigh whether or not you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Just like in baseball with the All-Star game. Same with the NBA. So by the way, right now, Tyler Huntley is considered a better overall player than Justin Fields. Tyler, If Tyler Huntley retired today, he'd have more Hall of Fame credentials than Justin Fields. Think about that. And this is the game that we're concerned about. This is the game we're talking about. This is the game that's coming up. This weekend on Sunday. I've always maintained this. The Pro Bowl is the biggest joke of an All-Star game amongst all the major sports. It even is worse than the NHL All-Star game, and those scores are 11 to 10, 12 to 10. NBA All-Star game, they go up to 200 points. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. This game is the worst All-Star game of every single sport, and to me, it should be completely eliminated. And again, this counts for Hall of Fame stuff. So according to the players and coaches, because that's who brings in alternates, not the fans, Tyler Huntley's a better quarterback than Justin Fields. Tyler Huntley's a better quarterback than a number of other guys who didn't make it in. Matthew Stafford, limited time. Trevor Lawrence just got in as an alternate the other day. So Trevor Lawrence just got in, barely, and yet Huntley is on that same level. They're both Pro Bowl alternates, right? So that means Trevor Lawrence with 4,000 passing yards, 20 touchdowns, 6 picks, is equal to Tyler Huntley with 2 touchdowns, 3 picks, 4 games started. See what I mean? See how ridiculous this is? And yet it's Hall of Fame-esque and Hall of Fame-worthy. And they weigh this stuff out when somebody retires and their career is over. There are so many other quarterbacks who probably would have been more deserving in the AFC than Tyler Huntley. 
Jacoby Brissett, he played half the year, but guess what? If Tyler Huntley's qualified, why not? Jacoby Brissett did a great job before Deshaun Watson came back from suspension. Brissett did a great job, and he kept Cleveland in the playoff race. In fact, Deshaun Watson coming back hurt Cleveland's playoff chances. They went downhill from there. But no, he's not good enough to make it. Tua Tungabailoa had the most votes amongst anybody from the fans, still not in the Pro Bowl. Not named as the starter, not named as an alternate. Can anybody explain that to me? Tua had 26 touchdowns, 8 picks, good year despite all the injuries. Voted in as number one by the fans. Not in the Pro Bowl today. Not as a starter, not as an alternate. So somebody with 26 touchdowns and 8 picks can't get in, despite overwhelming fan support, but somebody with two touchdowns and three picks in four games can get in because of support from players and coaches. Make it make sense to me. That is such a disgrace, and I think for me, that just puts the Pro Bowl over the edge. When I was a kid, again, Hawaii, it meant something. All the players got a free trip to Hawaii with their families. Elite players were selected, not scrubs or backup quarterbacks off the street who could barely play football. It meant something. There was significance. And at the end of the day, when your career was over and you retired, Pro Bowls counted. Hey, he made 10 Pro Bowls, Hall of Famer. He made two, probably not. Still works like that today, but now the game isn't even a game. It's not in Hawaii, and apparently anybody could get in. What's the point of it then? Why even do a Pro Bowl? Don't do an all-star game. Have everybody be named to the all-pro team, one, two, or three at a third team, and let it go. That's it. Want to talk about awards and recognition? Make one of those three teams and prove that you're really good enough to be there instead of the Pro Bowl where everybody gets in, alternates are named, and somebody like Tyler Huntley, a backup quarterback with no name, with no stats, with no credentials whatsoever, is allowed to be there. I mean, I think the NFL should retire this game. They already did retire the game itself because nobody started to hit anymore. Nobody started to play. They half-assed it the whole time. They started doing wraparound. I mean, that's backyard football. I played that with my siblings growing up. Wraparound football. Don't touch one another. Don't hurt one another. Be careful. Now they're doing it. Now the pros are playing wraparound backyard football. Are you kidding me? And now it's turned into a skills competition, which they had before. They've always had a skills competition every year. Those were actually fun to watch. But now the whole game is some sort of competition. What? No more Hawaii. No more big lights, big city. No more significance. It's a skills competition with anybody getting in. Sounds like the Baseball Hall of Fame. But no, it's the NFL Pro Bowl. I will maintain to this day the only All-Star game that still means something, that's still significant, is the MLB All-Star game. They play their asses off. You're not going to just lob in an 85-mile-per-hour fastball and let somebody take you deep. They're throwing 100 miles per hour in the All-Star game, putting everything into it. And up until a few years ago, the game mattered. The winner would get home field advantage in the World Series. I wish they still kept that rule. They got rid of it. I wish they still kept it because that was the only game in all of professional sports that actually truly, truly meant something. There was something that came of it. There was a reason for everybody to team up and play hard. They got rid of the rule, but they still play hard to their credit. There's no 10-10 All-Star game. It's 4-1, to 2-3. to three. 
something low scoring. Everybody competes and plays their ass off. NHL's 11 to 10. Goalies don't try. Nobody cares. It's just a PR event. NBA, there were 200 points in an all-star game a couple of years ago. Everybody just lobbing up dunks, shooting threes. That's for the all-star. That's for the slam dunk contest. Why are we doing that in the game? Play the game. When I was a kid, it still sucked even, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. And the Pro Bowl was hard-hitting, fun, and now it's not even a game. There's no game involved. There's nothing. How do you even determine who wins? It's not a competition. <laughs> How do you determine who's good enough? How do you determine, hey, you know what? They won or they lost. NFC, AFC. Everybody win? Everybody get a participation trophy? Probably that's how they do it now. Makes no sense. I'm not a fan of what they've done to the game, and I'm not a fan of Tyler Huntley getting in. And the reason why, mainly, again, is because Hall of Fame-wise, career-wise, that means he's a better quarterback than Justin Fields today. And if you're going to let Tyler Huntley get in, and if you're going to say that by, I guess, players and coaches voting that he's better than Justin Fields, you're damn crazy. You got a problem. You obviously don't know how to evaluate football players. That's my whole issue with it. I don't care if it's AFC, NFC. The point is, if Tyler Huntley could sneak in in the AFC, why can't Justin Fields sneak in as an alternate in the NFC? Jalen Hurts won't be in the Pro Bowl. Put in Justin Fields then. Not saying Justin Fields had an amazing season, but if Tyler Huntley is the standard, then why is Justin Fields not there? Seventh most rushing yards in the entire NFL this year as a quarterback. Almost broke the record for most in a season, and he didn't even play 16, 17 games. Let him in. You're telling me that Tyler Huntley is a better Hall of Fame resume. You're telling me Tyler Huntley is a better player than Justin Fields, and that we all know is so wrong. The NFL really needs to clean this up. I don't know what the hell the selection process is, but it's a joke, and something needs to change on that front. Appreciate you guys listening to my rant there. I, I just, I don't like it. I don't appreciate it. I'm going to get through some of your comments here. A lot of you guys commented on this, which I appreciate. Could Jay Cutler possibly get into the Hall of Fame? Hell no. Next question. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Jay Cutler doubted he didn't do much to QB once it came to Chicago. I mean, even Sexy Rexy at least had a championship appearance, LOL. You're right. Pro Bowl is terrible. Only all-star games that are good or decent are the NHL skills competition and the NBA skills comp. Remember when Mitch struggled in the skills competition, SMH, Mitch is the first MVP. (laughs) Here John Fields was breaking records and no mention of the Pro Bowl. I need to see a little more mean, more attitude, need to be more aggressive at the catch point and run people over, in my opinion. I assume you're talking about Fields. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all those points are warranted. And Jay Cutler is not a Hall of Famer. I just want to make sure that's very clear. Uh, Jay Cutler is a career 500 quarterback. Career record of 500. Uh, he's not getting in. Never won a Super Bowl. Actually, only one Pro Bowl in his whole career. Ironically enough, the year before he came to Chicago. That's why the Bears traded for him. Had 4,300 yards in Denver. Killed it that year. Bears get him. Never hit 4,000 yards once. Never. Not once. Never made a Pro Bowl in a Bears uniform. He actually did nothing in a Bears uniform, unfortunately. Of significance. Kind of to the AFC cha- or NFC Championship game, that's about it. Is Jay Cutler a Hall of Famer? No. 
Let's not go the baseball Hall of Fame route. Not everybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Not everybody deserves to be there. You know, they're barely letting Eli Manning get in when his time is up. Same with Phillip Rivers. Everybody's saying they're not even going to get in. So if they're not qualified enough, then Jay Cutler is far from being there. Like, not even on the same level, totally off. He has his own podcast now. That's his Hall of Fame. The Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passing quarterback, MVP mentioned, and that's true. Jay Cutler did it the year before he came to Chicago. They bring him in. Can't do it here. Interesting, isn't it? Makes no sense, right? Yet Jay Cutler is going to be a Hall of Famer, according to some people. I don't get the whole Jay Cutler debate anyway. I mean, he was fine. He wasn't a bad quarterback, but he wasn't great. You know, a lot of people put Jay Cutler on this pedestal with the Bears. Hey, you know, did a good job, fought with them, bad teams, bad coaches. Part of that's correct, but that doesn't mean that he was such a great QB and that he was limited by what he had around him either. He was an established veteran quarterback who just came off a Pro Bowl appearance and 4,300 yards. If you can't figure it out here, that's a you problem. And Eli Manning is on the fence, just desirable. Yes, people are still debating whether or not he will get in when his time is up. And he won two Super Bowls. So if Eli Manning, because he finished under 500 in his career, so if Eli Manning is on the fence, there is no way Jay Cutler's getting in. Philip Rivers, everyone's saying, won't even get close to getting in. Same thing. And Philip Rivers is a 10 times better quarterback than Jay Cutler ever was. So we have to be careful about who's a Hall of Famer and who isn't. We have to be careful about who we are designating as a Hall of Famer. You know, we, we're a different society now. We're just handing out participation trophies. And back in the day, it wasn't like that. These writers barely let anybody in. Baseball and football. And even today, football's tough. Devin Hester is still not in the Hall of Fame. And yet, Jay Cutler could be, according to some. No sense. Don't like it. Doesn't make any sense here. Want to shift to some basketball stuff. Speaking of, I guess, rebuilds and issues that we're talking about. The Bears are in the midst of a rebuild right now. They might be getting out of it soon. I think the Bulls should blow it up, and I think they should start a new rebuild. Might not want to hear it. Not many people did at the beginning of the season. I mean, hey, why would you? Bulls just pay Zach Levine. Bulls had DeMar DeRozan under contract as well. Nikola Vucevic was still here. Io DeSumo was getting ready. Patrick Williams was supposed to quote-unquote prove it this year. A lot of exciting things were to come, right? Well, it turns out not so much. The Bulls right now have the 11th spot in the NBA standings. As of today, they won't even make the playoffs, not even the play-in game. How pathetic is that? And there were times during this season where there were highs and lows. People said, oh, you're crazy for blowing it up. You're stupid. Don't bring that up. Well, they just blew a 19-point lead to the LA Clippers. Trade deadline is fast approaching. The Bulls are 23-27 and 27 with this team and this roster. They just brought in Arturis Karnasiewicz and Mark Eversley two years ago, three years ago now, and look where they stand. I think it's safe to say this roster is a failure and things need to change now. Time to blow this thing up. Time to let it go, Bulls fans. Let it go. There is very little on this team that's worth salvaging. But even more than that, this performance for this team is pathetic. You know, when Arturis Karnasiewicz and Mark Eversley came in, I really trusted them. I still do to an extent, but not as much. They said they were going to rebuild this team, and they started off hot. They get rid of every single player that Garpax had, except for two. Levine and Williams were the only holdovers, and Williams was really drafted by them, so really it was Zach Levine. 
was the only holdover from the Garpacks regime with Arturis and Mark Eversley. I was stunned. I think we all were. Wow. He got rid of everybody. Wow. He doesn't care whose feelings he hurts. That's great. Great business mind. Great attitude to have. And it obviously worked out in the beginning. The Bulls got better overnight, it seemed. They were all of a sudden contending. And even last year, although they limped to the finish line, I'll take 46 wins from the Bulls. I'll take a six seed in the NBA standings. Didn't even have to worry about the playing game. They got in officially into the playoffs. That's amazing. You would think there'd be better things ahead this year, but no, there's been nothing. It's been worse. It's been getting worse. They blew a 19-point lead just the other night. And as of this taping, they're 23-27. and 27. How patient, Bulls fans, are you willing to be? That's my question. How patient are you willing to be with this team? How do you think the Bulls should handle this situation? What do you think they should do? If you are going to sit here and tell me seriously, hey, I think they should stick it out. I think they have some good pieces here. You're crazy. They just extended Billy Donovan. Stupid move. And now they're not even winning, and they paid money to people. Nikola Vucevic's contract is up at the end of the year. DeMar DeRozan's is up in two, and they paid Zach Levine. The writing's on the wall, people. Time to blow it up. Time to end this charade. They're not winning. They're not doing anything right. They're just losing, losing, losing. They're losing games they should be winning. And I know that the regular season now, the NBA is a joke. The NBA itself is a joke. Anyway, that's a different story, though. But they're not even doing anything. Their offensive rating is 22nd out of 30th. Their points per game is 16th out of 30th. And their opponent's points per game is 17th. They are right down the middle in this NBA. And it's not doing them any good because they're 11th in the standings right now in the Eastern Conference. DeMar DeRozan's playing well. Zach is doing all right. And Booch is okay. I mean, the real big disappointment is Patrick Williams, by the way. Williams starting every game this year except for one, 10 points per game. He has been an utter disappointment. Now, he's only 21 years old, but it really hasn't worked out. Third year in the NBA, still can't get it done. The Bulls apparently want two first-round picks for Alex Caruso. Are you crazy? That's a real report that's come out. I mean, what is going on over here? Two two first-round picks for DeMar DeRozan. Makes sense. Zach Levine, sure. Even Vucevic, yeah, maybe. Alex Caruso, no. Get off your high horse. My goodness. What is going on over there? Oh, yeah, by the way, Lonzo Ball um, is still not playing, still hurt, still a problem. His dad's everywhere talking to everybody, but Lonzo is still getting ready. And I'm okay. If, if Lonzo's really seriously hurt, that's fine, but that's another kind of wasted investment. You have lost out on Lonzo. You just paid Zach, and he's doing the same. DeMar DeRozan's going to be up soon, and Vucevic is too. Some have said the Bulls will get Russell Westbrook. I don't want that. Russell Westbrook is a talented player. I like him. Eventual Hall of Famer, not going to work in today's NBA. I don't need somebody to shoot 29% from three-point range, 40% from the field, and get all of his own rebounds. Not interested. I'm good. So this team has so many questions that need to be answered. They have so many issues that need to be resolved and discussed. 
it's honestly scary. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Like I said last week about the White Sox, feel the same way about the Bulls. The same way. What's their future look like? I'm, I'm genuinely asking, what do they plan on doing come next year? I mean, you're losing Booch. DeRozan is one year left. You have Zach. You have really nothing else. Lonzo's a big question mark, still not playing. What are you going to do? What's the plan? Are you going to spend money in free agency? No way. You probably don't have as much money to spend. And his team maxed out at 46 wins. They won't go higher than that. That's already been proven. So this model of a team isn't working. So what are you going to do? Will you ask fans for another rebuild? Is that what the case is going to be? Will fans want to do another rebuild? Probably not, but they should. And there's the dilemma, and there's the problem, and there's why Bulls fans should be terrified of what to expect. Literally terrified. What are they going to do? I mean, could somebody even tell me? Will, will anybody from the Bulls even come out and say what the plan is? Nobody has yet because they don't even know. What are they going to do? What do they have? They have nothing. They have nothing good. They have a couple of players who are not going to be on expiring contracts, and that's it. And back to the drawing board we go, and it's just a cycle and a cycle and a cycle. The Bulls had something there with Derrick Rose. He got hurt. It ended. A couple of years of Jimmy Butler. He left because they didn't pay him. A year with Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo, and somehow you play the Celtics to seven games, then tons of years of rebuilding. Firings, releases of players, trades, and you get all the way up to 46 wins. That's what the rebuild results in. It's like if the Cubs rebuilt and got to 86 wins. That's the equivalent in the NBA to the MLB. So you rebuild, you get to 46 wins, and that's it. <laughs> that's a failed rebuild. And I like Arturis Karnishibis, and I like Mark Eversley. They came from great pedigrees, and they've done a decent job so far. They really have. But what's going on? What's the plan now? Right? I'm okay with another rebuild. I'm okay with them saying, look, it obviously didn't work. Give us more time. We're going to draft well. We're going to do something different. But it's not working for them. It's a problem for them. So I'm just very much concerned about what the Bulls are going to do. I'm very much concerned about what their future is going to look like. I think any Bulls fan should be because you don't know what the answer is going to be. You know, every night you see something promising, then you see a blown lead. You see something promising again, then a blown lead. There's no consistency. You got players who are going to be on expiring contracts. We can't sit here and say, give it more time. I think we're past the stage of give it more time. A lot of people said that at the beginning of the year, made sense. But right now, as we sit right near the NBA trade deadline and the Bulls already halfway through this season, 50 games in, we can't be saying, give it more time. A decision is going to have to be made. And I think Bulls fans will be on the right side of things if they say, time to blow it up. The Bulls themselves would be. You could keep Zach. You have to. You paint him. You could keep DeMar through the rest of his contract. That's fine. You can let Booch walk, and from there, you're going to have a mishmash of players. You have to find a way to make this work and salvageable for the next couple of years until things get better. Or unless you go on a big spending spree this offseason and completely revamp your team, but I just don't see that happening. Arturis likes to build through the draft. He did it out there in Denver. To his credit, did a great job, and he may want to do, want to do the same here in Chicago, and that's fine, but it's going to take time. 
So if I were you, Bulls fans, I would just be concerned. And I would be waiting and ready and expecting some sort of a rebuild because it's not going to get amazingly better right now. I mean, what's this Bulls team going to do? Win 20 games in a row? That would be the only way I could say, hey, maybe I should buy into this team. And they're not going to do it. They're going back and forth all day long. Cause for concern. And I think they're in big trouble. Get your comments here. A lot of you commenting about this Bulls team, what they're going to do. They were comparing Pat Williams to Kawhi Leonard. LOL, yes, they were MVP. Everybody was. And you know what? I fell forward to a little bit. But I even said this guy was the sixth man in college. College, not even the NBA. So what's that mean for his NBA career? What are they going to do with him? What will he develop into? And the answer is nothing. The answer is kind of a big bust now. That's a shame. No, leave Westbrook in L.A.? Yeah, I'm fine with that, too. I am not interested in Russell Westbrook. I would be maybe 10 years ago, but not today. And again, I have the utmost respect for Russell Westbrook. A lot of people don't. I still do. The first player ever since Oscar Robertson in the 60s to average a triple-double in one season. He did it three times, two years in a row on top of it. I have the utmost respect, but he's not working right now, and he's not working in today's NBA. The game has passed him up. He is shooting literally 28, 29% from three-point range. He is shooting 40% from the field. He's not a big shooter. He's a big drive guy, driving into the hoop, missing shots, getting his own boards, assisting on plays, but it's not going to work with the Bulls right now. But I like him. Going to be a Hall of Famer, for sure. I mean, there's no doubt about it. He could retire today. He'll get in. I would like that. Um, but the Bulls don't need that. The Bulls don't need that sort of situation. And they don't need that sort of selfishness when it comes to shooting the basketball and then missing all the time. I mean, he would probably bring down how many points they score per, per game, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, if we sit here and look at the numbers, if they acquired Russell Westbrook, they're averaging, what, 113 points right now per game? Probably go down to 111 just because he's there. they got to cut ties with Lonzo now, cut their losses and move on. Darius, fully agree with you. And I think Lonzo is talented. He's certainly gotten better since his first year in the NBA, but it's not what everybody expected. If the Bulls finish in the middle of the pack again, that's a 15th pick, no superstar. You're right, MVP. So, again, what, what are we waiting for here then, right? The Bulls should simply either tank the rest of this year or go through, be a popular team, maybe make it in and then get bounced first round. Then they got to make a statement. And making the statement is, we are rebuilding. We're trading everybody. You guys got to suck it up, and we're going to be a better team in a couple of years. That's the statement. That's what I'd love to see happen. Because anything else is not going to be beneficial to this team. Yeah, triple-doubles are easy now. Players move out of the way so they can grab rebounds. MVP, you're right. I mean, the NBA itself, I, I, I'm i disappointed in the product. I mean, when I was a kid, it was way better. It's not good now. Everybody's shooting threes. Nobody's playing defense. It's literally Harlem Globetrotters basketball. So it's so hard for me at times to watch an NBA game. Dantana, yo, John, I just got through streaming. Had to join you here. Dantana, appreciate the donation, brother. Dan, great friend of the program. Always hanging out with us. And uh, he does have a streaming channel. So if you check out Dan's streaming channel, I think it's at Tana So Lit. Uh, he does some great live streaming. 
Uh, some great video game stuff, so you should really check him out. But great friend of the program. Go back and forth on Twitter. We just did the other day. Um, really appreciate that donation, my man. Yeah, New Age basketball does suck. And, uh, you know, for the Bulls, unfortunately, they're not even working out right now. <laughs> they have their own problems already. And this game itself is certainly passing them by, and it's passing me by too because I'm not a huge fan of it at all. This is Sports Talk Chicago. This is John Zaglul. John Meadows is directing and producing today's program. Remember, we are sponsored by our good friends at Amish Country Farms. We have them pinned in the live chat comment section. Heat about the best and most fresh Amish groceries and Amish products with Imports Weekly. Check them out today. Again, it's special on eggs. Where are the eggs? Everybody wondering where eggs are. Well, guess what? The Amish are providing them to the Amish Country Farm store in Orland Park, $5.99 for a dozen, and they're actually fresh, cage-free. You know what's going into them. Some really good food. Check them out today in Orland Park and tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. They will take outstanding care of you when you mention my name. About 15 more minutes left to go, and in this last segment, I want to talk about some NFL news and notes, particularly some things that could affect the Bears and really could affect the entire outlook of the game. So first and foremost, Tom Brady is retired. In case you didn't see the message this morning, he put out a big video saying that he is walking away from the game. He is done with the game. Finally, after all this time, obviously the greatest quarterback of all time statistically. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But it brings up some interesting situations about the NFC. So right now, I saw this tweet today. Here are the quarterbacks in the NFC South, the starters that we know of. It's going to be Kyle Trask. (laughs) for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Desmond Ritter for the Falcons and technically Marcus Mariota if he stays there. He's going to be a free agent, but you never know. The Saints will still have Jameis Winston, as far as we know. And the Carolina Panthers are going to have a mishmash of whoever is going to be there. Maybe Sam Darnold. Maybe Will Greer if he's still there. P.J. Walker. I mean, so the point is, the NFC South has taken a beating now with Tom Brady leaving. The NFC South is going to be a joke, actually, if nobody else gets a quarterback. It's going to be weird. It's going to be. It's going to become one of the weaker divisions in football. There will be a weak team from that division uh, next year. But I think NFC-wise, this opens up a lot of opportunities for teams to walk in and make a difference. Aaron Rodgers, by the way, being highly courted by the Jets, the Packers actually, according to reports, want to move on from him. So see how things are starting to fall into place? See how the Bears could actually make a difference here? And they're right on the cusp of making something happen? Isn't that interesting? Think about that. The NFC North is going to be up for grabs starting next year if Aaron Rodgers leaves. Plain and simple. And it already is up for grabs technically because... The Vikings won it this past year, and they're not going to win it every year, and Kirk Cousins is getting old and is not performing at the rate at which he was before. So how about that to start? We got that going. NFC South is a total joke at this point. There is not one competent QB in that division. Not one. And the NFC East is always fluctuating. We don't know what the Giants are going to be next year. Cowboys could be in trouble. Dak Prescott. Eagles will probably be good. But we don't know what's going to happen. And then the West, too. The Rams are going to be rebuilding. The Cardinals are going to be rebuilding. We don't know what's going to happen with them. Seahawks are going to be on the edge as well. 
and the Niners don't even know who their quarterback's going to be. There is so much of an opportunity for the Bears here to capitalize and to make something happen. And that's what excites me about all these moves and all this movement that we're seeing. It's early, what is it, February 1st, right? February 1st. And I'm saying it right now, the NFC as a whole next year is going to be wide open with the exception of maybe Philadelphia. Time for the Bears to make a statement. Time for the Bears to use this opportunity of the number one overall pick, $100 million in cap space, and Justin Fields as their future to be a force to be reckoned with next season. And I'm saying it now, and that's not too bold to say. Look at this team and look at the rest of the NFC. Everything is in flux right now. There is nothing that is definite and nothing that is promised to anybody. Time to make your mark. Time to make something happen if you're the Bears. And it's exciting. Now, we talk about what the Bears have, right? We talk about what they could be doing with all these resources. That's great. But what about the rest of the teams around them? Right? What about the rest of these teams in the NFC who are going to be contending for playoff spots? How can the Bears at this point not make a wild card spot, right? How can they not make it in? With all this uncertainty, with teams lacking quarterbacks, with the NFC South specifically being horrible right now, with the 49ers without a quarterback, literally without anybody, Jimmy Garoppolo's not coming back, Brock Purdy's going to have surgery, and Trey Lance might be back, but we don't know what we're going to get out of him. So the Niners may take a step back. The Packers will probably take a step back. The Buccaneers are going to be bad. The entire NFC South will be bad. What could we expect out of the Giants and the Cowboys? They could take steps back. So the question is, what will the Bears do and how will they improve and what will they do to take advantage of the situation? That's my whole thing. What will they do to take advantage of the situation? How can they take advantage of the situation? That's what excites me, and that's what should be exciting you. Also in Denver, Sean Payton is now going to be the head coach over there. The Broncos gave up another first-round pick. (laughs) They have none left to get Sean Payton. Great move, but I think they overpaid for him. I like Sean Payton. I think he's a great coach. Going to be great for the Broncos, but... You also have to resurrect and make Russell Wilson better. You have to make Russell Wilson better. You have to make their offense better. You have to control their defense, which was one of the best in the NFL. There's another problem. Sean Payton, although he's a great coach, has his work cut out for them over there in Denver. I don't know how that's going to work out either. I would hope he helps out Russell Wilson at least, because Wilson before this year was on a Hall of Fame trajectory. Some say he still is. I think so, too, but still, things could change. So a lot is on the table. And I guess that's the beauty of the NFL offseason, right? We saw this last year, too. Will Rodgers go? Will he stay? Will Brady retire? Will he not? The NFL does a great job at controlling the news cycle 24-7. They're the best to do it. They're better than MLB, for sure. And nobody cares about really the NHL, the NBA, as much as NFL football. 
it seems it's it seems it's if every year there are openings and then by the beginning of the season they're all gone and we kind of know what's going to happen and a couple of surprise teams make it in but right now everything's wide open and everything is on the table for them and i think it's possible that the bears could be a big time contender next year they could at least make the playoffs if they play their cards right. If they just do what's responsible with the cap space, the money, and the quarterback, they're going to be fine. That's the exciting part. That's what I like to see from this team. And in this situation for the Bears, it's exciting for them. It's exciting to see what could happen, right? It's really exciting to see what could happen. So I just say this, as far as next year goes, there's tons of movement. Tom Brady is gone. Aaron Rodgers might be gone. The Niners don't know who their quarterback's going to be. The NFC South has no quarterbacks available, it seems. Let the games begin. That's what I say. And I think it would be great for the Bears to take advantage of this situation. Make something happen. This is more than a prime opportunity. We said it last week. We'll say it every week. This is a generational opportunity for the Bears. Between the cap space, the quarterback, the pick, and now the trajectory of the entire NFL. There is so many opportunities here. So many chances for the Bears to open everything up. Tell everybody we're going to be the king now and we're going to make something happen. It's all up to them, though. It's all up to them on what they're going to do. That's what we have to wait and see about. I'm just telling you, Bears fans, here in the chat, on the program, watching, tuning in, on the podcast too, understand that there is a path to success next year even. Look at the rest of the NFC. Look at the rest of the football world. Don't let anybody tell you that's going to take a couple of years. If it takes a couple of years, when Aaron Rodgers may leave, when Tom Brady has left, when the Niners have no quarterback, when the NFC South has no quarterback, in general, you tell them that's crazy. The Bears will make something happen. And they better make something happen. It's time for them to do something here. Look at some of your comments here. Things are going crazy in this chat. (laughs) I don't even know what's going on. I see some of this stuff I'm not even going to talk about it, guys. This is going to be on radio tomorrow, so we can't can't say some of this stuff, okay? Let's see. Lions are the division favorites. I would agree with you there. Right now, at least. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers leaves and the Vikings, who went, what, 11-1 in one-score games, they're not going to do that again. Yeah, the Lions are probably the favorite, which is the first time anyone said that in a long time. Could happen. Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, boy, Caden. I think you know where I stand on that. Uh, if you're new, if you were this program, I would say Mitch. But if all of you who stuck with me for a while, you already know how I feel about that whole situation. Yeah, the Rams, to me, were built just for that year, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they wanted the Super Bowl so bad, they just opened the new stadium. The Super Bowl was there. Come on, right? It made sense for them to win, but now they're in big trouble. And, you know, Sean McVay is going to be back after 5-11 and 11 season. You know, it's hard for him probably, too, because he has to experience defeat, difficulty. It's always been easy for him. The young hotshot, winning games, QB guru, offensive guru. What's going to happen to him? 
when the light gets down low, when the darkness comes in, when he is not winning, when he's losing players, when guys are getting hurt, how is he going to respond to that? That's going to be fun to watch next year in general. Kenny, throw a picket, LOL. Yeah, Kenny, pick, pick, picket. That's what I call him. Three picks in a row. That's what he does. Kyler Murray's going to be recovering. Yeah, so, I mean, Arizona still hasn't even hired a coach yet. Kyler Murray is too busy injured and gaming uh, to focus on football. I don't know what is going to happen over there in Arizona. They have so many issues. J.J. Watt retired. DeAndre Hopkins on the trade block. I would be prepared for a lot of years of suffering if you're a Cardinals fan. That's just me. Just desirable. If we aren't in the wild card at least next year, it'll be a disaster to me, and you have every right to feel that way. And I feel the exact same way about this Bears team. And nobody could tell me otherwise. There are big pundits here in Chicago saying the opposite, saying it's okay. But I don't think it's okay. How could it be okay? Some of you commented saying, well, oh, the Bills didn't turn it around in one year. The I don't care. This is a different situation. Nobody's had this much cap space. Nobody's had the number one pick. And nobody's had a ready-made, quote-unquote, quarterback at the same time. You can't compare apples to oranges here. This is a completely different situation. And it's time for the Bears to step back and make something happen. No more waiting around. No more, I better be patient. No, there's nothing to be patient about. They got to do it now. And with this league being so wide open and think it happen, MVP Jags had the worst record last season, made the playoffs this year. It can be done in one year. It can be done. Trevor Lawrence, a complete 360. Now he's a pro bowler, and he had a great season. Travis Etienne, rookie year, 1,000-plus rushing yards in barely any carries, averaging 5-plus per carry. Better defense. Christian Kirk signing. Zay Jones on the team. They spent money. They made it happen. They brought a new coach. And they got Trevor Lawrence to really turn it around. If Justin Fields could throw for 20 touchdowns and six picks next year, rush for 1,000 yards and pass for 3,000, this Bears team, I guarantee you, will be in the playoffs. Done you right now. That's what we got to hope for. And that's what we got to hope for from the Bears. They better spend money. They better make something happen this year. With the league being wide open, this is their time to shine, and this is their opportunity to turn things around and win everybody over. So that way, the year after, they could be a literal Super Bowl contender. It can happen. Follow the Eagles model. Look what they're doing today. That's what the Bears should be focusing on. Well, that'll do it for us today here on Sports Talk Chicago. We appreciate all of you tuning in, all of you commenting, all of you hanging with us here tonight on the stream. Remember to hit that subscribe button here on YouTube. Like the video so we can get more people to see it. Comment as well. Support our sponsor, Amish Country Farms. Again, if you're looking for the best and the most fresh Amish food in all of Illinois, with Imports Weekly, head to Amish Country Farms in Orland Park. They have fresh eggs, too. That egg shortage going on. Best place to go for a dozen eggs. They're fresh. They're cage-free. You know where they're coming from. And they're really, really good, I have to say. Hit them up. Tell them Sports Talk Chicago sent you. Follow us right here on Twitch, on Facebook, and on YouTube as we go live here every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow me personally at John Z Sports, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And just continue to stay tuned, guys. We're going to have some great announcements coming up soon. Potential expansion on the radio and TV side. If you don't want to miss that stuff, we're going to continue to pump out good content for you. And I appreciate all of you for being so loyal 
helping us out. Another big thank you as well to John Meadows today, directing, producing, running everything behind the scenes, keeping me on the clock, and making sure everything ran smoothly for us here today. We'll see you on Sunday. We're going to have a lot to talk about then, too, so I hope you'll join us. Until then, so long, everyone.